Hi, this is Anita from the Global Trade Gal. You know, as part of this podcast, I try to talk about things that I think might be interesting to a general audience or to maybe many different people that might even be interested in history. One of the things I want to talk about is rattan furniture and specifically rattan furniture and its role in Asia and Southeast Asian colonization. Now, many of you that might be out there in the global supply chain, maybe you're traveling in Asia, you're not working specifically in rattan, but you might find this a bit interesting because the next time you sit down in a rattan chair, it might think, make you think a little bit about some of the history of some of the area. Also, too, it shows that you know there's a lot of history that can also take place in many different types of products. When colonizers you know, came to new countries, they would try to use the materials that they could find. Global trade was not really that big of a thing or it took the ships a long time to be able to get over to the countries. You know, there wasn't all the, the shipping that was going on now. So they had to basically use the materials that they could find to be able to make the products that they wanted or to be able to have the comforts of home. You know, having been an expat myself, I can tell you, it really, those of us that are expats, one of the things we'll do is we'll really look for comforts of home a lot. And we may congregate a bit towards the comforts of home. It really is kind of a funny thing that you sort of leave your country to go to another country to try to find comforts of home from your own country. Maybe it just makes you be able to appreciate it a little bit more. It starts out first, we'll start out, we'll talk a bit about Japan. And it, it really starts out in 1856 in Japan. You know, Japan had just really opened up to the West. As you remember, if you know the history, Japan was closed for quite a while. The Japanese traditionally sat on mats. But this caused some diplomatic stir because foreigners came to Japan to negotiate to talk to the, you know, the present Japanese government, but then they didn't want to sit on a mat. At the same time, do they sit higher than the Japanese emperor? Do they sit higher than the Japanese? Does it mean that they're more important than them? So this really became the problem as to who sits on the mat and who does not. And maybe for some of the foreigners, it was uncomfortable to sit on the mat. They didn't really know how to sit on a mat. They didn't want to sit on a mat for all this time. So it was because of this, of the day, that the foreign leaders started looking. They didn't want the foreign leaders to look down upon the Japanese leaders either. So they had a compromise with this where the Westerners insisted that they could not sit comfortably on the floor and the Japanese needed to find a compromise for this. So the Japanese allowed the foreigners to sit on a chair as long as the Japanese counterparts could sit on a stack of mats of equal height to the chair. Some chairs being produced in Japan for some of these negotiations. And that's why you'll traditionally look back and you will see that there are some, you know, rattan and other chairs that were made in Japan during this time for some of the foreigners to be able to sit on as long as the Japanese counterparts could also sit on mats that were stacked to the same height. Um, colonization in Southeast Asia had a great impact on the furniture there. First, you have the French Indochina or the French Indochina. And the French colonized many parts of the Southeast Asian areas, including Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos. And like many of the other colonists, they were suddenly thrown into a completely different environment than the one they were used to in living in Europe. You know, from what kind of houses were built, what kind of clothes they would wear, and what furniture they could make from readily available materials. So these are all things that we don't think about when we think about colonization. Like, how are they going to be able to have some of the comforts at home? I mean, how could the men bring their wives if their wives had to sit on a mat? Or if their wives didn't have a table to sit on or a chair to sit on? It would have been very difficult for these women during these time periods 
to be able to survive during this time. You'll also find too that they had to adapt their housing, their furniture, their food, and other things to be able to survive as a colonist in these countries. In 1895, when the Japanese annexed Taiwan, there was a question about how the Japanese would flourish in an environment like Taiwan. Taiwan has more of a tropical climate than Japan. So many questions arose as exactly what type of clothing would they wear, the type of houses they could build, and how they'd manage life and the health in the tropics. Japanese were in the same situation as many colonists in Asia and the tropics that they were not used to, which is really quite interesting with all of this. When the British colonized uh, Southeast Asia, including Malaysia, Singapore, Brunei, and Burma, which is uh, present-day Myanmar, they also, um, and they also occupied present-day Hong Kong. They had the same thing. How do we survive? So, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting quote here that I have from George Orval from the Burmese days when he said, could the Burmese trade for themselves? Can they make machinery, ships, railway, railways, roads? They are helpless without you. What would happen to the Burmese forest if the English were not there? here? They would be sold immediately to the Japanese who would gut them and ruin them, instead of which, in your hands, actually they are improved. And while your businessmen develop the resources of our country, your officials are civilizing us, elevating us to their levels from pure public spirit. It is a magnificent record of self-sacrifice. That's kind of how a lot of the colonists at the day saw themselves as sort of sacrificing themselves to be able to help out these these countries. You also had, you know, you know places like a Dutch East Indies company, which also um, did a lot of trade in the air in the area, and also the Americans in the Philippines. So when it comes to furniture, you know, many of them began to use um, different types of material for their furniture. They would maybe use rattan, palm, and bamboo would be some of the furniture they'd use. So maybe they might take a style of a European type of chair, but they might use the materials they could find, rattan, palm, and bamboo to make that chair. They would maybe use some of the teak to be able to make a table or a chair that they were used to. You know, they would work with different types of plants. Um, they would weave different type of weaves that they would also be used for their chairs and other type of furniture. And so it's because of this that, you know, today we can find in many parts of Asia these great skills where, where many villages, especially in a place like Vietnam, you know, for, for hundreds of years has been weaving baskets, has been making chairs, has been making bamboo furniture, and some of them are, are more kind of Western style. It's because of all these colonists who came to these countries that we're able to still have these skills today. You know, when you travel around a place like Southeast Asia or, or Asia, you know, especially countries that were colonized who had, you know, or, or the foreigners had diplomatic relations with, some things that you might think were actually things which were traditional for the day may not be. They may be things which were brought in by the foreigners. I know that I have in my home in China, I have um, an old rocking chair. Now, a rocking chair was not something that, um, you know, that Chinese would have traditionally used, but somebody took the wood and they took a mat and they wove the chair and they made an old rocking chair, which probably was made for some mother to be able to rock her baby to sleep at night. And probably a foreign woman who was used to having a rocking chair would have had a rocking chair in you know in Europe or the United States or some other place who wanted to have that chair when she was living in China. 
This kind of shows some of the ingenuity that many of these colonists had or these first expats had and how they were able to really adapt to life in these places. So when you think about global trade, you realize that you know those that are you know living and working overseas or traveling overseas you know today we are not really doing the adventure that these people were that where they had to go out and use the materials and the sources and things that they could find to be able to have a comfortable life in these countries if you'd like to be able to read more about this rattan furniture in asia and southeast asian colonization I have a link to my um, blog i have some other information on this which might be interesting for you we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast and being part of our community we really do appreciate you we appreciate you joining with us and we hope that you'll subscribe and tell others about this podcast we like to thank those who help make it possible our team especially rico and thank you all so much mm-hmm.